Welcome to The Dead Drop, your secret cache of game news delivered safely and securely to your podcast player. I'm Matt Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. And today we have some important notices and stories followed by some saucy, saucy gossip. As we get past our big AAA release window for the year, we're starting to hear some development stories and anticipation for the big games conferences. What you hear today should prepare you for the coming week's news. So let's get into the stories that you need to know. The Steam platform has seen an overwhelming number of negative reviews for the indie game Domina over the last week, as the developer had accidentally or intentionally added something extra to their patch notes for the game. Among game balancing and bug fixing, the dev has included a section dedicated to taking off those effin' masks, and it doesn't stop at that. The note infers further by asserting that women don't like fearful men. The game now has over 7,000 reviews with an overwhelmingly negative score, and just 16% positive added in the last 30 days. This podcast wholeheartedly endorses mask wearing as a key component to protecting ourselves from transmission of COVID-19. Usually I hear this stuff on Twitter, but never through game patch notes. Perhaps they thought their audience would be more receptive to the message, but should have known better than to include their personal views in game content. The second yearly Accessibility Awards took place on March 13 and saw several video games awarded for their approach to accessibility and game design. It was hosted and created by Able Gamers Senior Director Stephen Spohn and video game writer Alana Pierce. Among the winners were Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Forza Horizon 5, It Takes Two, Life is Strange True Colors, and Halo Infinite taking two awards for clear text and training grounds. Accessibility is often overlooked and disabled gamers are left without a means to enjoy games. Part of the mission of the Accessibility Awards is to reward studios for approaching accessibility well, instead of audiences chastising them after the game is released. The discussion has become prevalent again after the release of Elden Ring and its uncompromising challenge with the Get Good clan set against the accessibility advocates. In my mind, making games accessible should not contradict design, but should still be a consideration for studios to be inclusive. I'll be watching the success of this awards show over the next few years, and if you'd like to watch the most recent stream, look up Alana Pierce on YouTube. Ubisoft, the studio known for Assassin's Creed and the Far Cry series, has just announced a bunch of game updates, and some of them are to be made available on the cloud gaming platform Google Stadia. While specific game titles weren't included in the source for this news, that Ubisoft is leaning heavily into cloud gaming is a big deal. Google Stadia has had a rocky few years launching their platform, and Google has cancelled any new first-party title development by closing their studios. Ubisoft choosing to develop the cloud gaming and supporting the streaming technology may be the push that it needs to become mainstream. With Microsoft's xCloud and GeForce Now having competitive experiences, the drive is there though I suspect improving internet access and infrastructure will be the key factors to drive it forward. Texas is the home to many technology companies and more than 60 of them have joined a human rights campaign calling for the state to end the directive to consider children undertaking gender-affirming healthcare as abused. The directive was issued by Governor Greg Abbott and has been a long time in the making. Now that the measures are in place, it puts transitioning kids in the crosshairs by making it mandatory to report any action in support of their transition as child abuse. 
tech companies such as Google, Microsoft, EA, Apple, and Gearbox have signed an open letter to the state legislature to end the practice. Many US states are taking this clandestine and unprogressive approach to conservative values, and it leaves me disgusted. I urge anyone listening to support this human rights initiative in any way you can. We should be beyond this now, but sometimes lawmakers need a kick in the posterior. Russia has responded to the fall in its economy by legalizing piracy of software. Upon their decision to unjustly attack Ukraine, the world has responded by removing all business sales and support of industries in the country. The $3.4 billion market is starting to drop due to businesses abstaining from Russian transactions, and so the country has responded by removing legal action for stealing software. The intention is clearly for productivity software to keep the country going, though there could be an impact for game companies. Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, EA, Ubisoft, Epic Games, Bungie, and CD Projekt are among the many companies to deny sales to Russia. Piracy has been largely outlawed across the planet to protect IP rights of companies that develop the software. There is still activity in the space, for example, Game of Thrones listed each year of its release as the TV show most downloaded illegally in Australia. With Russia permitting it, it may add fuel to a fire that has been smoldering for a long while. E3, one of the largest game industry events available to the public, is now rumoured to be entirely online this year. E3 has been on shaky ground ever since they opened to the public, and some of the big games companies have opted to run their own events instead of leveraging the conference to reach their audiences. Tom Henderson on Twitter has said that developers are being contacted by E3 directly, indicating that the event will take place online. This will be the second year in a row that it takes online, and the third year with no physical conference. The pandemic forced closure of a physical presence, but with Gamescom in Cologne, Germany coming back to a face-to-face -face event, this could be the writing on the wall. E3 may not exist in a few years. This means fewer opportunities to leak the personal information of press and developers though. That's right, go look up that debacle from a few years back. Sony's State of Play last week saw a new game announced, Exoprimal. Many Sony fans were excited during the demo to see hordes of dinosaurs evacuating dark gravity wells during the game trailer, and instantly wished for a Dino Crisis sequel. Unfortunately, they were disappointed. To Placate fans, an ex-producer of the Dino Crisis series, Hiroyuki Kobayashi, has announced his involvement with Exoprimal and hopefully sated fans who are hunting for an iteration to the classic game. Having worked on Resident Evil, Devil May Cry and Mega Man games, the pedigree will hopefully show in the quality of the game. System Shock 3, the third game in a saga much anticipated by its fans, is still in development, but the creative advisor for the game has spoken out on the current status of the game. Warren Spector has said in an interview with GamesBeat that his team has not worked on the game since 2019, and that it is up to Tencent to say what they want to about progress on the game. System Shock 3 has had a turbulent dev history, as it was announced in 2015, but financial difficulties led to delays and eventually the game's giant Tencent announced it would take the series forward. Warren wasn't specific, but we'll have to wait and see how it all shakes out. And to quickly finish off the stories for this week, IGN has just posted a recording of a mod for the martial arts game Sifu that replaces the main protagonist with Neo from the Matrix films and changes the standard enemies to a bunch of Agent Smiths. If you're familiar with the burly brawl from Matrix Reloaded, you'll like this. Check the show notes to check out this video. That was the gaming industry news that you need to know. It's time I heard from you, humble listeners. 
Send your weird game stories and anecdotes and even questions for me to deaddroppod at gmail.com to have them read out on the show. I'd love to hear from you all as this is a show for you, the Dead Drop community. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the source of the stories, transcripts and more. Join me every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday to discuss the latest game news and make sure you tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days.